What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Not Gonna Lie. I'm your host, Jonathan Terry, and in the famed words of Jason Derulo, I'm riding solo today, but that's okay, because we've got a lot to cover, uh, a lot of NFL action that's happened this past weekend we're going to recap, uh, hit some NBA news, talk about some of the top storylines there, um, and then I'm going to brag on myself a little bit, first and foremost. Uh, week 12 was a good week uh, as far as making making bets, if you followed me. 6-2 and two this week, also undefeated in 3 a.m. bets, uh, that Jets plus 3, which they covered uh, pretty handily. So not too much to complain there on that front. Uh, I, might be, I might be a professional. You better watch out. I might start, might start messing around and, uh, and dabbling for real. Uh, but a lot of stuff to cover in the NFL. First things first, Thursday night game, obviously a disappointment for myself. The Colts uh, struggled. T.Y. Hilton was back, but he had some key drops on third down that ultimately uh, changed the outlook of the game, uh, which was unfortunate. They fell 17-20 to the Texans, and it's that much more of a hole that we now have to dig ourselves out of uh, because looking at the playoffs here, the Steelers won, so they're 6-5. and five. The Raiders lost, so they're also 6-5. and five. Uh, And the Colts are 6-5 too, but two key losses to them puts us below them. Well, well below them, because essentially if we're tied, they're going to have a leg up, both of them. So it's really important that we're a game ahead, uh, which really means there's it's mistake-free football the rest of the way. Um, I've been worried about the way Jacoby Brissett's been throwing the football, not as aggressive as before, and that could be just because T.Y. Hilton is gone. Like that, there's no, there's no, uh, maybe there's a correlation there, maybe not. Uh, but the last five weeks of the season, Titans, Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Jags, uh, really have to go four and one at best, five and zero oh, if if we want a shot at the playoffs. Uh, definitely kind of tough. The Texans, however. You know, came off that t- uh, that terrible loss to the Ravens, which the Ravens it seems like they've been doing to everybody recently. Uh, but but they they came back, recovered with a good win. The defense played well. Uh, Deshaun Watson played well. Nineteen of thirty, two hundred ninety eight yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, but it's a tough loss. You know, either way you shake it, the Colts needed this win. I mean, so did the Texans, but the Colts' best shot at the playoffs was winning the division. Now game back on the Texans. Um, it's going to be tough. They're going to have their work cut out for them either way. But if you told me at the beginning of the year that our, our that Marlon Mack would break his hand, Andrew Luck would retire, uh, T.Y. Hilton would be would miss four games, I, I couldn't have predicted a 6-5. and five. I mean, this is fantastic the way that things have been progressing. And if the Colts can't sneak into the playoffs, I mean, Frank Reich has to be serious consideration for, for Coach of the Year. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, what the 49ers have done is is great and fantastic. But what Frank Reich has pulled when almost everyone's doubted him, uh, you know, and we're no stranger to going on runs. Last year, obviously, going eight and one to end the season, uh, so five and zero is not too bad. We can make that work, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Jacoby Brissett needs to be more aggressive. I uh, need to push the ball, and we need team. We need guys to take losses. I mean, the Jets beat the Raiders for us, which was fantastic. But we need more more of that if we want to have a shot. I'm just going down the list here. The Bucks had one of their famed bounce-back games, uh, which you know is another reason why they're hot and cold. Jameis Winston, three touchdowns, two picks. Vita Vea caught a touchdown, which is cool. I mean, getting linemen involved in, in touchdowns is always a good thing. I mean, it doesn't matter how it happens, even if it gets called back, which we saw last week with the, the Colts and Quentin Nelson. I mean, celebration of the year, basically. 
Um, and the Falcons, we, we thought for a second, you know, they were, they fooled us. They're saying maybe they're for real, uh, but no one is immune to the Buccaneers when they're hot. I mean, when the Buccaneers are hot and they're playing well, their defense is there. James Winston's kind of on. Uh, they're one of the best teams in football, and I mean that's that's why they're such a good spoiler team because when they can turn it on, you know you can beat anybody. They they stopped the Falcons. Falcons were hot two games, one against the NFC South, and out of those three teams, the Panthers, Saints, and, and Bucks, you wouldn't think they the Falcons would lose to the Bucks, but that's what happened. Uh, by thirteen, a good good win for them. Um, James Winston, you know it's it's just what we've grown accustomed to. Bills beat the Broncos 20-3. to Josh Allen's really coming into his own the last few weeks, playing some really good football as of late. They're trying to work Devin Singletary into into the action. Um, But but all around, I mean, you know, just however you look at it, Josh Allen last week, 256 yards, three touchdowns. uh, And and this week, 185 and two touchdowns. Um, But he also added a, a little bit on the ground here, nine for 56 He's he's showing flashes. I mean, this is why he's a valuable fantasy quarterback. Obviously, he can make moves on the ground, uh, but this is a this is a, a spot where we're really going to see what the the Bills are made of. Playing the Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots, Jets. Uh, it's a it's a tough stretch for any team right now. The Bills are eight and three. So realistically, you know, you win two games, I think you're in the playoffs. Uh, but two games against these five teams is not going to be a given, especially with the way they've been playing. And the Broncos. You know, they had a really strong week against the Vikings last week. This week uh, left a little bit more to be desired. Uh, Brandon Allen, 10 of 25, 82 yards and a pick. I mean, he's just solidified himself as not the guy uh, in Denver. Drew Locke should be ready to go eventually. I think he came off of IR this week. It might have been or last week or something like that. But whatever the case is, he should be ready to go eventually. Uh, and Brandon Allen isn't the guy. You know, Joe Flacco is still dealing with his neck injury. He's out for the rest of the year. So we'll have to see what the Broncos do with their quarterback situation. Uh, and at some point, you really have to start doubting John Elway because, I mean, he, he's made some bad choices in the past. Brock Osweiler bringing him over, Paxton Lynch, uh, guys like that. He's trying to find that stereotypical quarterback, and he's missed out on some really good quarterbacks in these past few years. Let's keep it moving here. The Bears stay in the playoff hunt barely. Uh, with the win over the Giants, 19 to 14, Trubisky looked a lot better uh, on Sunday, 25 to 41, 278 yards, a touchdown. But he did throw two picks. Uh, but he, he looked a lot better. He looked more uh, secure and solid in his role. Um, you know, maybe he needed to get benched in garbage time last week to to realize what what he's really made of at this point. Uh, but the Bears, I mean, the Vikings are eight and three. They're leading the the postseason race. The Bears are five and six. Uh, and they play the Vikings, Chiefs, Packers, Cowboys, and Lions uh, over the next five. I mean, you have to win out in the NFC. The ten and six may not even get you into the playoffs with the way that they're playing at this point. Uh, so for the Bears, I mean, it's tough. I had them as my Super Bowl pick. I had them going thirteen and three. Uh, there were just missed opportunities. Think times they couldn't get it together. Even though I, you know, really was rooting for them, pulling for them. And they're going to have a, a situation this offseason. Do they sign a guy like Bridgewater, like trade for Cam Newton, or maybe if he gets released, sign Cam Newton? Or or do you want to do another year of Trubisky? Because, I mean, at some point, the buck stops with the coach. You know, last year, Trubisky looked serviceable. He looked good. They made the playoffs. Uh, and, you know, if not for the double doink, who knows how far they could have gone. Uh, but now Trubisky looks bad. Like, he doesn't even look like he should be 
uh, a backup in the NFL at this point. I mean, you know, if Chase Daniels outplaying you, uh, a career backup, then you know you've got something uh, something wrong over there. But it'll be interesting to see. And the Giants, uh, I mean, this is what we expected. You know, not not much. Uh, they're showing flashes. Daniel Jones, two touchdowns, 150 yards, uh, but on 36 passes, not ideal. Saquon, uh, that's who I'm concerned about because I picked him in fantasy um, in a league where the playoffs are getting close and I need I need some good some good solid uh, delivery from from these guys and Saquon's not getting it done uh, and I'm sure I may be concerned about him on my fantasy team but ownership uh, for the Giants may be concerned as well because is is it still the hamstring or are they just selling out for the run making him pass like I don't know what the deal is but he does not he does not look himself. Uh, as of late, I don't think he's hit 100 yards in about four weeks since he came back from injury. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there, if that is an actual injury, if that's something to be concerned about. And, you know, realistically, do you talk about shutting him down for the rest of the year? Because what's the harm? I mean, what's the what's the idea in playing him? You're 2-9. and nine, You know, you can you can say it's like injury concern, and that allows you to just fully tank and, and stockpile, because if you believe Daniel Jones is the guy, we know what Saquon's capable of. Uh, get offensive line around them. Get some weapons around them. Get a strong defense. You know, and 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 try it again next year. Steelers Bengals. Uh, Mason Rudolph was benched in this game, and I don't know how bad you have to do to play poorly against the Bengals. I mean, this is a historically bad defense. They're on pace to allow the most yards uh, in NFL history out of any team. I mean, maybe not after this game, but uh, Mason Rudolph. 8 of 16, 85 yards, and a pick. He was benched for Devlin Hodges, who on his second pass threw a 79-yard touchdown to James Washington. So obviously that's going to look good. Uh, the Steelers hang on uh, with the win, and because of that win, have now catapulted themselves into first place in the playoff race. Or the, And by first place, I mean the sixth seed in the playoff race behind Oakland, Indianapolis, and Denver, who are all 6-5. and five. Uh, now they've got a big one coming up next week against the Browns because the Browns are 5-6. and six. Like, Don't look now, but the Browns are actually in a position where they could, could make a run. They could be sneaking through the back door of the playoff. The playoff hunt, the only 5-6 and six team, but, you know, when four other teams are 6-5, and five, you got a, you got a good chance. So if the Browns can win, that, win this one, I mean, who knows? Uh, and obviously the Bengals... It was announced that Andy Dalton will be going back to starting quarterback. So the Ryan Finley experiment is over at least for the next week uh, for them. But the tank continues, you know, willing to hold out and, and see what happens, get back into it next week uh, where they play the streaky Jets. Like, we, you know, these Jets are looking good. My claim about Sam Darnold may be true after all. Be interesting to see what, what happens there. Uh, but there we go. The Browns up next. Being the Dolphins, which I mean, like I got to keep the same energy. The Dolphins are not a good football team, but they're the perfect team to get your groove back, uh, or you know, lose to in a game that turned out to be incredibly costly for the playoff standings. I'm looking at you, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, But 41-24, Baker looked good. He was hitting Odell on Jarvis, which is important in these games, especially against lesser opponents, to get your guys going. Get him feeling good. Uh, Jarvis Landry, 10 catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. And Odell had six catches for 84 and a score as well. Nick Chubb, 100 yards uh, rushing, 58 yards through the air. 
Baker Mayfield, 24-34, 327 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, looked really good. Not too much to complain about there. Uh, but the the Browns are, are a team that, you know, they're streaky. They're a streaky team. I mean, obviously they beat the Steelers just last week. Um, now playing without Miles Garrett because of that suspension. And they'll play the Steelers again. Then they, they'll take on the Bengals, Cardinals, Ravens, and Bengals one more time. That's a really favorable schedule. I mean, they already beat the Ravens once. They're one of two teams to beat them so far. Um, they've already beaten the Steelers, so they're playing a lot of divisional games. Four out of their last five are divisional. And then you get the Cardinals. I mean, there's a chance. They really need to win out. I mean, they could. there's a chance a team makes it a 9-7 and seven in the AFC, but you really got to win out, uh, especially because... You know, you've got two games against playoff opponents, potentially. Uh, and the Steelers, this is a big one. If, you know, obviously, if the Browns can win this, there's there's some serious tread uh, in their playoff hopes. And if they lose, I mean, you, you, there's no way at 5-7, and seven, um, losing to a team who's has the, the top spot for the sixth seed, it just doesn't seem likely that you're going to have a chance to make it in there. So, uber important game for them. Uh, next Sunday as they take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Panthers-Saints, uh, the Saints were running away with this one for you know for most of the game, but the, the, the Panthers held true. They, they stuck around. McCaffrey, they, the Saints did a good job of keeping McCaffrey in check. Kyle Allen had a good bounce-back game uh, after getting you know a little bit embarrassed last week against the Falcons. Kyle Allen, 23-36, 256 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, but Drew Brees, 30-39, 311 yards and three touchdowns. And a, a nice little game-winning drive to set up Will Lutz for a chip shot for the win. Uh, the Saints win 34-31. The Saints now move to 9-2. and two. The Panthers fall to 5-6. and six. We had big hopes for them uh, coming coming into, I mean, even the last four weeks. You think about it, they're, they're looking at 5-1. Uh, and one, And then they drop, oh no, excuse me, they're, they're a 4-1. and one, And then they lose four out of their last five to put them at five and six. I mean, it's tough. Even in this NFC, uh, you know, it's 10 and six may not get you in the playoffs. And and I don't expect them to win out, obviously, paying, playing a couple of tough games the rest of the season here. Um, the Saints, nine and two, they're, they're locked on. They're trying to find, they're fighting for a home field advantage now, fighting for the bye, obviously, amongst a plethora of other teams. But the Panthers, they'll play the Redskins, Falcons, Seahawks, Colts, and Saints. Uh, it's going to be a tough one there. There's, there's a lot of competition at the top of the NFC, though, uh, for, for the Saints in their battle to get that top spot. Right now, they're sitting in second, thanks to the San Francisco 49ers defeating the Packers. Uh, the, the 49ers are 10-1 at this point, looking extremely good. I mean, we'll get to them in a bit. But uh, the Seahawks are 9-2 and as well, so even if the 49ers do lose it'll it'll be tough but the Saints do have the tiebreaker over them uh, and they're playing some really good football I mean there were questions uh, initially about you know is is Drew Brees okay is he ready to go back should they stick with Teddy Bridgewater uh, but it's just a great performance by him and kind of proving that that he's he's the guy there uh, and should should lead them to a pretty successful run the rest of the season and deep in the playoffs uh, this was a surprise. I mean, I, I I picked the the Jets to on plus three. You know, I figured they'd keep it close, maybe even sneak out a win. I did not expect them to beat the Raiders by 31 points. Uh, Sam Darnold looked really good, 20-29, 315 yards, 
and two touchdowns. Uh, the, the Raiders did not. Josh Jacobs averaged 3.4 yards a carry, only 34 yards total. And Derek Carr, 27 passes for 127 yards. 15 of those were complete, uh, including one pick. I mean, the Raiders, we, you know, we expected it'd be kind of a cakewalk. You know, they, they came out, they had a couple of strong wins being the Lions and the Chargers, but then they eked out a win against the Bengals and then just got absolutely demolished against the Jets. Uh, the next few weeks, Chiefs, Titans, Jags. I mean, you know, at this point, if they're going to play like this, I could see them going one out of two. Uh, but they really they really need to, to win all three to keep pace in this wildcard hunt because there are four teams at six and five, Titans being one of them. Uh, but if they go out there and beat the Chiefs, who they play next week, should be a good game. They'll be tied for first in the AFC West, which is important. But... I just don't see it happening. I mean, the opening line here is Kansas City minus 10. Uh, and I just don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a chance that, that they could go out there and, and shock the world. But it doesn't. I don't even know if they'll cover, honestly. I, I'm not saying that. You know, I, I'm not going to put money down on that. Uh, I wouldn't take that to the bank. But the Raiders are not looking good, even in their win last week. I mean, we saw glimpses of them struggling. And this week, it's just a full-blown disaster. So they they're trending down, you know, and they're and they're hungry. You know, hungry dog runs faster. So maybe this is a game that the that the Raiders do come back from because we saw the the Texans absolutely get demoralized by the Ravens and the uh, Colts came off a big win from the Jags and the Texans ended up winning the game. But just from a talent standpoint, I don't know. It it feels like this was a long time coming. The Raiders were a nice story, but I just I just can't see them. Uh, continuing that into playoff success, uh, and not just because I'm a, full, a Colts fan. That's there's not uh, there's not a lot of bias there. I mean there is kind of, but you know what I mean. And the Jets four and seven. You know, I mean Sam Darnold said it a couple weeks ago. If they win out, there's a real chance they make the playoffs. So far they're riding a three game winning streak. Uh, in the next few weeks they play the Bengals and the Jets, or Bengals and the Dolphins, two extremely winnable games. But then they take on the Ravens, Steelers, and Bills to end out the year. Uh, so the first two, you know, they'll look good, get to six and seven. But winning the last three is going to be a tough one. Um, obviously, the last three coming against potential playoff opponents. So you know, if they can win it there, who knows what will happen? If they can somehow sneak in at nine and seven. Uh, but two teams that may be trending in completely opposite directions, uh, as seen in the game that they just played. Let's keep moving here. Seahawks and Eagles. Seahawks pulled out a 17-9 victory. Uh, Russell Wilson didn't look incredible. 13-25, uh, 200 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Uh, Rashad Penny, though, 14 carries, 129 yards, and a touchdown, uh, especially riding that big 58-yard 50 touchdown that, that he had. Uh, the Eagles, it does not look good. Uh, the Cowboys, you know, we'll get to them in a little bit. They obviously didn't win either. This this division really could be uh, an eight and eight, nine and seven team, uh, and but they're still dangerous. I mean, you can't downplay what the Cowboys or the Eagles can do when they get on the field, but it's just sometimes they really underperform. Uh, but specifically, I want to focus on Russell Wilson. I mean, I had him as my MVP front runner um, coming into last week. Well, I guess last week uh, I I was I was really torn, you know, between Lamar Jackson and and Russell Wilson, but. We'll talk about this in a little bit, but I really do think Lamar Jackson is run away. I mean, literally, 
pun intended, has run away with the MVP award. Uh, just with his play over these last three weeks, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, and Russell Wilson just hasn't done enough to, to keep pace. I mean, obviously, he's playing the 49ers defense, which is going to be a tough one regardless. Um, struggled a little bit there, but struggled this week against the Eagles. And the last few weeks, the schedule is a tough one. I mean, you got Vikings, Rams, Panthers, Cardinals, 49ers. Uh, I don't know. I, I just feel like Russ doesn't have a favorable schedule to really work the numbers back in his favor, even if the Seahawks do end up with a better record than the Ravens do. Um, obviously, both of them are sitting at 9-2 and two at this point. Lamar Jackson's just been doing too much, but we'll, we'll get to his game, talk about him in just a bit. Uh, the Eagles not playing well, but you cannot underestimate the talent that they have uh, and their potential to really light it up when they get things going, if they get things going. Uh, next game, Lions-Redskins. The Redskins pull out a victory over... Uh, Bo Scarborough and Jeff Driscoll, uh, thanks to Dwayne Haskins. He didn't have the pretty stat line, 13-29, uh, 156 yards, threw a pick, but he got it done where it mattered, uh, made some big runs on the ground to set him up for that game-winning game winning field goal that they had there, uh, which which was good. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, 4-for-4, four four, the MVP of the game, definitely, uh, in, in that game-winning kick. But the Lions, you know, we had them as a, a little bit of a sleeper there. They were two and three, two three and one at one point. Um, obviously, going one and four over the last few. Matthew Stafford being injured doesn't help. Every running back they bring in being injured doesn't help either. Post Garbore looked good though. 18 carries, 98 yards, averaging 5.4 on the ground. Jeff Driscoll threw three picks, was sacked six times, uh, and and that's not going to fly. Unfortunately, unfortunately for him. Uh, but Redskins Lions, this is that, this one. You know, does not too many implications there. Redskins two and nine, uh, the Lions three seven and one. Not too much to talk about. Uh, teams that hopefully will be have a good draft and get in contention for for next year. Uh, moving on, the Titans, the Titans and Ryan Tannehill are the biggest uh, surprise over the last few weeks. Definitely right up there with Lamar Jackson's play over the last three weeks. Ryan Tannehill has completely turned them around offensively. His stat line here, 14-18, 259 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but it's really opened things up for Derrick Henry. 19 carries, 159 yards, and two touchdowns, including a 74-yard scamper that he put in. Uh, but let's not forget another guy who got it done on the ground, Tannehill as well. Seven carries for 48 yards and two touchdowns. The, the Titans rolled over the Jags, 42-20. Uh, to 20. The week after that, the Colts totally ran them over 33-13. to uh, This Titans team looks looks good. Uh, obviously, they'll play the Colts next week. At both 6-5, and five, you you got to think this is loser leaves town. You know, this whoever wins is very much alive in the playoff race, but at 6-6, six and six, it's going to be a tough one for whoever doesn't win to, to make it into the playoffs at that point, obviously. Uh, the Colts hold the advantage in the tiebreaker winning the, the earlier game this season. But you can't underestimate the power of Ryan Tannehill at this point uh, and what he's been able to do. A.J. Brown, four catches, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but Nick Foles, again, another big game, throwing the ball 48 times, didn't lead to a touchdown, uh, but had 272 yards. Leonard Fournette, 24 carries, was more involved this game, 97 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, but, it, you know, there's, I don't know, four and seven at this point. Do you go back to Gardner Minshew? Is that... Is that a, a, a question, maybe, a thought? Because you've gotten blown out these last two games. 
and and when Gardner Minshew is under center, I mean, you're winning games, but you're also keeping it close. Obviously, the last time we saw him, they were blown out by the Texans. Uh, but the games before that, you're winning it, keeping keeping things under wraps. But it also seems like defensively uh, has to be part of the blame. But you know, I I want to see Gardner Minshew out there one more time. Maybe continue to make a case for for rookie of the year. But I I don't know. I don't I don't think I see him coming back out there. I don't think they'll put him back out there. Unfortunately, uh, so we'll just have to leave it at that. Next game up, the Cowboys Patriots. Uh, ugly conditions, but that's how the Patriots like it. Uh, obviously, scraping out a win, thirteen to nine. That that kept the under where it was. That kept uh, the Cowboys. The Cowboys kept it plus six, which was fantastic. So two and zero oh in those games there, uh, just in those alone. Patriots, a lot of questions offensively. We know what their defense is capable of, but once they meet an offense that that can can get things going, can they score with the best of them? Obviously, the last three games they've scored twenty points or fewer. Uh, 2017 and 13 to be exact not what we've grown accustomed to seeing uh you know the defense has carried them scoring a lot of points setting them up in position to score points but we haven't seen a ton from from tom brady sony michelle that offense that really gives me uh optimism especially come playoff time because you know that's that's when teams are really going to need to get it going uh the defense holding teams to 117 points total which, I mean, is, is by far the smallest amount in the NFL. Uh, next closest is the, the 49ers with 163. But if that offense can't score, they're going to be in trouble. So it'll be interesting to see. Cowboys, it's the same thing with the Eagles. Obviously not playing well. They did. They kept it close, which is good for them. Um, but you, you still can't count them out. The Cowboys games the rest of the season. Bills, Bears, Rams, Eagles big one in Redskins. Uh the Eagles, you know, that 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 winner of that game wins the division. Um but obviously you want to put yourself in a good position. Uh, they got to win 2 out of 3 over the next 3 coming into that game cuz regardless that'll give them a leg up if they win, uh, including a tiebreaker, but you'd rather not keep it. You'd rather keep it as as far away as you possibly can. Um especially, you know, get get people back on on the hype train believing that you're capable of scoring points. I mean, it's the Patriots defense in bad conditions. Um, my question: Why not run the ball as much? I mean, Zeke had 21 carries, but why not 30? I mean, especially in this sort of game where it's bad conditions, uh, that's prime time for for Zeke to really get going. Average a little over four yards a carry. Dak Prescott 19 to 33, 212 yards. Amari Cooper did not have a single catch in that game. Dropped what would have been an incredible fourth down uh, conversion for him. On that final drive, but zero catches, zero yards. Uh, Stephon Gilmore did a fantastic job of locking him down, uh, and, and it was a good game. I mean, they, they kept them close. That's that's all you can ask for, really. If, if you know, if you told me they allowed the Patriots to score only 13 points, uh, I'd feel really good about their chances of winning. But at some point, it's it's a matter of who won, who's going to win: good offense or good defense. And in this case, good good defense won. And then the final Sunday game, Sunday night, 49ers just blew the lid off the Packers, 37 to eight. Uh, I'm I'm really can you know I'm I'm really interested to see at this point, uh, you know that 49ers Seattle rematch because obviously George Kittle was back, six catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown, and Emmanuel Sanders is healthy as well. I mean, what's gonna happen? Because we we know how much 
one good pass catcher could change an offense, much less two. I mean, two premier pass catchers in the NFL at this point. Um, honestly, I'm the 49ers are looking really good, uh, like really good. Jimmy Garoppolo, given time, given receivers, can make a lot of plays. 14 to 20, 253 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, there's a chance we see a rematch of that 2013 Super Bowl, I think it is, uh, with the way the Ravens are playing. It could be Ravens and 49ers. I'm not ready to say that yet. Uh, just kind of thinking out loud. That could be a little interesting, especially with, you know, the the 49ers really had a statement win here. Obviously, they would have liked to have it a couple weeks ago against the Seahawks, but this week beating the beating the the Packers by 29, absolutely fantastic win. But uh, you know, before we get into that Super Bowl talk, the 49ers play the Ravens next week. Game of, the, I mean, game of the week, absolutely. Ten and one, nine and two. The Ravens cannot be stopped. We'll talk about them in just a second. And the 49ers defense has been able to stop pretty much everyone. So it's kind of one of those uh, immovable, was immovable objects, um, unstoppable force type of thing. Uh, you know, t- the two will collide. And it's just a matter of, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. If I had to guess, um, I just, I don't know. I really feel like there's a system out there um, for the Ravens, like the style that they're running. Because over over these last few weeks, it's been absolutely like record-breaking what the, what the Ravens have been able to do. We'll just use this as a transition point. Um, but the last four weeks, 30... Five weeks, 30 points, 37 points, 49 points, 41 points, 45, plus 40 points in the last three games, uh, and 30 over the last five. Lamar Jackson, I think he has like 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. Not a game over 250, though, which is interesting. But I've really come to the conclusion over the last few weeks that at this point, like no team has made Lamar Jackson throw. Because if you can go out there, I mean, look at it, look at it here. Just going off of the stat line, uh, they blew the top off the Rams, forty-five to six. A great win for them. Mark Ingram averaging seven seven point four yards a carry. Lamar Jackson averaging averaging twelve yards a carry in that game. Uh, let's look at the Texans Ravens game here. This is running the ball um, for the Ravens. Gus Edwards fourteen yards a carry. Lamar Jackson eight yards a carry, uh, and Mark Ingram had four. The game against the Patriots. Uh, Lamar Jackson, four yards a carry. Mark Ingram, eight yards a carry. Gus Edwards, four yards a carry. Uh, you know, and they're and they're rushing 200, 210 yards against the Patriots, which is fantastic. Uh, against the Bengals, one hundred thirty six yards, and then against the Rams here, two hundred eighty five yards. They're doing a lot here on the ground, uh, and and that's the one theme I've I've seen from really since I think it was week three was the last time, um, yeah, week three was the last time Lamar Jackson threw under two, threw over 250 yards. But I don't think he has to. Like, he's essentially established himself as a guy who will throw for 200. And and these touchdown, these touchdown numbers are, are arbitrary, I really think, uh, because throwing five against the, the Rams on 169 yards passing, really, if they'd called a run play, they would have scored. Uh, so, I mean, you got, you got to take the touchdowns at face value, but what you also have to take at face value is that this offense cannot be stopped over these last three weeks and has not been stopped. And at this point, I mean, I can't even make the excuse that they're playing poor defenses. I mean, yeah, they played the the Bengals three weeks ago, but 
the Texans, the Rams, the Patriots, the Seahawks. Like these are average two elite defenses that they're playing, and all these games have been wins. Uh, so Lamar Jackson is the MVP at this point. I don't think. I mean, he'd have to like really fall off a cliff over these last five five games to change. Um, really anybody's opinion of this because if you don't think he's the MVP like I mean yes you can make the case for Christian McCaffrey still having in, in a record potentially record-breaking year offensively but so is Lamar Jackson I mean he's going to shatter uh, Michael Vick's rushing record I think it's like a thousand something yards um, and the interesting thing is Michael Vick only threw for 2300 I think it was in the year that he broke the rushing record Lamar Jackson's well on his way to uh, 3,000, I think, and even more than that. But until a team can make the Ravens throw the ball, I don't think they can get, I don't I don't think there's a way that they're stopped. And last year in the playoffs, uh, the the Chargers ran a seven, seven defensive back set that really shut Lamar Jackson down because obviously you're getting more speed um, and, and ability to to disrupt, you know, and, and catch up with Lamar Jackson really is, is the main thing. But with this offseason signing of Mark Ingram, if you run with a seven defensive back set, Mark Ingram's going to run over some guys because he's a big, tough, physical runner. And this is probably, I mean, thinking about it now, the way that it's set up, one of the more underrated free agent signings just because of the overall impact. I mean, obviously, Gus Edwards is, is doing great in a complimentary role, but Mark Ingram is the powerhouse behind this running game. And because he's such a bruiser when he runs the ball, it really opens up lanes for Lamar Jackson. And, you know, even if they didn't have uh, Mark Ingram, Lamar Jackson would still be running all over defenses. But until you force Lamar Jackson to pass, I don't think I don't think they'll score under 30 points. Uh, if I mean, if you can if you can consider, you know, if he's thrown 35, 40 times, I really think the best way to to stop them is to get him to throw and and he's definitely developed as a quarterback I'm I'm you know he's below average average like I'm not praising his throwing ability per se because he hasn't I mean he hasn't needed to but he hasn't proven that he can uh, if that makes sense but it doesn't matter at this point because they're putting up big numbers big numbers uh, offensively and this Ravens team is going to be a tough stop I mean if anyone can stop him it's the 49ers um, and, and I bet now that the Patriots have gotten a look at him, that Belichick's got some game plan, some scheming done. Uh, but this 49ers-Ravens matchup is going to be uh, absolutely insane. I, I really don't think this Ra- this Ravens offense is too good right now, paired with the defense, that they'll probably go out and, and they'll beat the 49ers. It is at home, but this line, minus 5.5 for the Ravens from the beginning, is crazy. But they're also a team, uh, just just finishing off this this Ravens praise here, because I think we've given them more praise today than we have the entire season. But they really are a fantastic team. Uh, if you're going to bet on a team and you want to bet the over on a game, pick whoever the Ravens are playing. Because at this point, their offense is so hot, uh, they're, they're going to hit the over almost every week. They just missed by a point, I think, the over on the when they play the Texans. But that's not anything they were doing. That's not their fault whatsoever. I mean, they they shut down the Texans' offense. Um, defense is looking really good. Lamar Jackson's an MVP front runner. Uh, this team is a tough, tough team to play. Like you're getting them now. Good luck. 
uh, and the rest of the season they'll play the 49ers, the Bills, the Jets, the Browns, and the Steelers. Um, and there's a chance. I mean, let's see who the Patriots play the rest of the year, but they've got the tiebreak uh, on them, but the Patriots are a game up right now. The Patriots end the season playing the Texans, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Um, they drop one, and they win out. They both 14-2. and two? There's a chance. I, I, I think at least 13-3 for the both of them, uh, definitely. But they look good. The Rams, um, you know, they, they just had the unfortunate task of playing the the, the Ravens tonight, just getting absolutely demolished. Uh, it's tough for them. Obviously, the NFC champs going to the Super Bowl last year uh, and struggling big time this year. Really can't get anything going with Jared Goff, guy they paid a lot of money. Todd Gurley, uh, he's slowing down too, whether it's injuries or just, you know, just the, the natural flow of things for running backs eventually falling off um, a cliff, really, performance-wise. But it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs at 6-5. and five. I mean, you got to win out, really. 10-6 and six may not even make a spot. We've said that since the beginning, and it's it's still been true to this point. I mean, these teams are really good in the NFC, and there's teams that aren't in the playoffs if they ended today that could win a couple of games and would be extremely dangerous uh, if given the opportunity. So that, that's it for the NFL. Um, obviously, Thanksgiving games this Thursday. A lot, a lot of good ones to look out for. Cowboys-Bills um, is probably on the top of my list at this point as far as you know watchability. But transitioning to the NBA, uh, John Morant's been absolutely fantastic. Really established himself as the breakaway Rookie of the Year candidate, uh, which I predicted. And it's unfortunate that you know it had to come off the tail of Zion Williamson obviously being injured. Miss, he's going to miss a quarter of the season, uh, but he should be back soon because I think he's missed. He's going. He, they said he'd miss about 20 games, uh, so it'll be interesting to see his impact once he gets there. And obviously the the amount of highlight pages that post highlight reels of him doing you know some some exp, uh, some spectacular things, some pretty normal things. Uh, the Bucks, Greek Freak. Giannis dropped 50 last night, really looking like the reigning MVP candidate that he was. Um, it's, I mean, honestly, MVP candidate is such a, a tight race now. Obviously, you, you factor in voter fatigue. You factor in just skill. I mean, James Harden and, and Giannis are looking incredible. Luka Doncic, I didn't think he'd keep up this pace, but at this point, you know, averaging like 30, basically averaging a triple-double with 30 points, um, you know, that's pretty good. If you can do that every night, like you're a really good player uh, in basketball. LeBron, uh, AD, that's working out really well. Carmelo Anthony really infused a lot of life into the Blazers, which is cool to see. Happy to have him back on an NBA roster um, and 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 playing well. Scored 25 points, I think, last night in their win over the 76ers, which is a big one, or in their win over the Bulls, excuse me. Uh, the Raptors beat the 76ers last night. Uh, and the Eastern Conference standings, Miami's still a surprise. They're 12-4, and four, um, tied with Boston for the second-best record in the East, trailing the Bucks at 14-3. and three. I just can't help but think at some point they're falling off. Um, and and it's, it's a matter of time. It's unfortunate, but a team led by Jimmy Butler, I just don't think can win meaningful games uh, in the regular season and in the playoffs, too, uh, just because... You know, when when it comes down to it, he's sort of a ball hog, I guess, um, and he's not—he doesn't have that ability to be the volume scorer. I mean, he'll get in, he'll get hot for a couple of shots, you know, maybe make five in a row or something like that. 
but you just look at the stat lines and all of a sudden he's 14 of 30 and you're like man this these shots could have gone to somewhere else uh, but obviously a fantastic defensive stopper just not a solid regular season or postseason team uh, when he's at the helm uh, the other interesting thing the the nets are five and one without Kyrie which I mean this it happened on the Celtics last year too will that will it cause problems for the nets not really sure I don't know uh, but the funniest thing about the east is that the magic are locked up in the eight seed at this point uh, at six and ten the wizards are also tied for the eight seed at five and nine um, but it's okay because in the west the suns have the eight seed at eight and eight I think we saw them get hot for a bit, and now they're fading away. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when DeAndre Ayton comes back uh, and and see where they can go from there. The Lakers still on top, 15-2. to uh, So far, not a ton of injuries, which makes it uh, really good for their for their experiment to go well. Um, obviously, keeping spirits high and winning 15 out of 17 games. I mean, we know what they can do at their best. Um, and they beat some pretty good teams, too. Denver's 12-3. Clippers are 12-5. Not too much has changed in the NBA, but we'll be sure to talk more in the coming weeks, and especially as football season heats up. I mean, we'll we'll have to eventually, you know, talk a little more about that. But we'll we'll make our way into the NBA season. Uh, but as we close the show, just want to talk about the interesting development that happened over the weekend. The NBA announced a couple of changes that they wanted to implement, including a a play-in for the playoff, a reseeding at the conference championship, and a in-season tournament that seems very interesting. So first off, let's let's unpack these things, kind of explain how they go, and, and give my thoughts as we close out the show. Um, all three of these ideas I'm a big fan of. I think it's really cool, um, and it's an interesting way to, to implement them. Um, they wanted to reduce games. Unfortunately, they really could only realistically reduce games from 82 to 79. Uh, but let's start with the play-in games. So it'll be seeded 7, 8, 9, 10. The 7 and 8 seed will play a game. The 9 and 10 seed will play a game. And the winner of the 7, 8 seed will become the 7 seed for the playoffs. And the loser of that game will play the winner of the 9 and 10 for the right to be the 8 seed in the playoffs. I think this is really cool because there's sometimes a lot of teams that get in close. Um, and they're right there and you think they deserve a shot. And this gives them a chance, you know, maybe if they could sneak in and win a couple games, it, it just adds a little bit more of an exciting element. Obviously, more games for a team to play, but, I mean, that's that's just the case. That's that's kind of what will have to happen anyways. Um, they'll look to reduce it in other areas. Um, reseeding at conference championship, I don't mind either, especially with the way the Western Conference has been weighted. Um, it, it will shake things up. It will make things a little weird, but imagine the, the Clippers and the Lakers playing in the NBA Finals against each other. I mean, that's cool. You don't want to miss an opportunity like that, especially with how good the West is at this point. It feels like the top two teams were coming from the West, uh, especially last year. I mean, well, maybe not because the Raptors won, but I mean, you, you kind of get the idea. There's an overload, obviously, in the West, um, and this gives a chance to prove that, hey, maybe there are two teams that are worth uh, are worth it and should be playing in the uh in the finals against each other one from the east one from the west the final thing and the biggest change is the in-season tournament so it'll sort of be like champions league um where the first few games will be like pool play so you'll get seated uh and then the, the top two teams from each um from each group will uh move on to a one game knockout stage 
Um, it's exciting. I mean, it's cool. Like, I, I like, I mean, Champions League is obviously interesting, has a draw, and this gives a little bit more meaning to uh, some games that are played that aren't particularly meaningful, especially October, November, December. But here's where the, the situation lies, uh, and, and getting support of it, obviously it's not going to be difficult, but getting, uh, for, from fans at least from that perspective, but getting sponsors, getting TV deals, uh, which ultimately is needed to get it done because you want to make as much money as possible, uh, is going to be tough just because there's not a single, uh, there, there's not a, a place, there's not a place for it because November, some, I mean, November really feels like the best place for it, but do you want to open the season on a tournament? I mean, maybe, that may be what will have to happen, but not ideal. Um, but you move into December, December's bowl season, that's tough. You're not going to be able to get a lot of TV deals out of that because almost every station on ESPN is filled with bowl games. Uh, January, NFL playoffs, that's not going to fly. February is the all-star break, and they were adamant about not letting it break not letting it cut into the rest because they don't want you know some players getting more rest than others because obviously it affects the season and the All Star break is important. Um, and then you know March you get into March Madness college basketball and then all of a sudden you're in April. I mean it's a little too late. You're right there at the end of the season, and that's just not the same draw. So maybe open the year. That could be interesting starting off. I mean it'll be cool regardless because Champions League has a draw for a reason. Um, and NBA is a very popular sport, so they can work in different elements of that into their play. That would be cool, but, I mean, it's all about timing, obviously. Maybe open the season with it, but I'm all for it. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Not Gonna Lie. Thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Instagram at Not Gonna Lie Podcast, on Twitter at PodcastNGL, where I do post now really successful bets and really good bets that you should go check out. Uh, or, you know, you can find us, listen to more episodes, uh, just scroll through on our page here on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. But uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.